You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Crazy Rich Asians. Rich, we've been dating for over a year now, and I think it's about time people met my beautiful girlfriend. What about us taking an adventure east? Like Queens? Singapore, Colin's wedding. Don't you want to be my family? I hardly know anything about them. Every time I bring them up, it changes the subject. Maybe his parents are poor, and he has to send them money. Let's take a bag and get you checked into first step. I can't afford this. So your family is rich? We're comfortable. That is exactly what a super rich person would say. I want money. 1.2 million. That's what I want. The Nick you're dating is Nick Young? Yeah, you guys know them or something? Hells yeah. They're just the biggest developers in all of Singapore. That's what I want. Damn, Rachel. It's like an Asian bachelor. These people aren't just rich. They're crazy rich. Now you really should have told me that you're like the Prince William of Asia. That's ridiculous. Much more of a Harry. <laughs> Mom, this is Rachel Chu. She just thinks you're some like unrefined banana. No, no, no. Uh, those are your fingers. Yellow on the outside, or white on the inside. Do something crazy! I chose to raise a family. For me, it was a privilege. But for you, you may think it's old-fashioned. Don't you want Nick to be happy? I know you're not what Nick needs. She's like trying to play a game of chicken with me, thinking I'm gonna swerve like a chicken. But you can't swerve. You gonna roll up and be like, bok bok, bitch. Okay, maybe like not as aggressive. I met a girl, I fell in love, and I want to marry her. You're Nicholas Young. You're untouchable. But Rachel's not. Have you prepped Rachel to face the wolves? You know I'm back, like I never left. I really admire you. It takes guts coming all the way over here, facing Nick's family. Another day, another breath. I know this much. You will never be enough. Yo, it's about time someone stood up to Auntie Eleanor. Well, you, not me. Oh, God. She can't know I was over here. I feel glorious, glorious. Got a chance to start again. I was born for this, born for this. Ever since I can remember, my family has been my whole life. Rachel, Rachel. If Nick chose me, he would lose his family. And if he chose his family, he might spend the rest of his life resenting you. You nasty. You got a nasty. You got nastier. All right, everyone. You were just listening to the trailer for Crazy Rich Asians, and the story is as follows. Rachel Chu is happy to accompany her longtime boyfriend, Nick, to his best friend's wedding in Singapore. She's also surprised to learn that Nick's family is extremely wealthy, and he's considered one of the country's most eligible bachelors. Thrust into the spotlight, Rachel must now contend with jealous socialites, quirky relatives, and something far, far worse, Nick's disapproving mother. The film is starring Constance Wu, Henry Golding, Gemma Chan, Lisa Liu, Nico Santos, Aquafina, Ken Young, and Michelle Yeoh. It is directed by John M. Chu and written by Adele Lim and Pita Chiarelli. Joining me for this review, I have Beatrice Loiza. Hey, everyone. And Josh Parm. Hello, hello. Okay, so this is definitely a big deal of a film for many, many people out there. Uh, it's a film that we have been eagerly anticipating for a while, ever since we heard that the project was in development. And a large reason for that is because Crazy Rich Asians has an all-Asian cast, and that is really, really important for the industry right now as far as representation is concerned. And also, it's a big Hollywood studio film. So it's showing like a willingness on the studio's part to put a film out there like this and hopefully is signifying a bit of change within the industry. And that all kind of depends on how people take to the film. So with that said, Beatrice... What did you ultimately think of Crazy Rich Asians? 
so there was this huge part of me that that preemptively hoped that this would be good if just for what this movie means for uh, diversity in Hollywood. But I was a bit worried because uh, rom-coms aren't really my thing. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was fun and romantic and glittery. And the entire cast was solid um, thanks to a script that I thought was very original. Um, I thought some secondary plot lines of the story could have been done better, but all in all, I thought the movie was was really fun to watch, and uh, there were several elements, such as the set and costume design that were spectacular, over the top, in a way that actually won me over. Nice, nice. That's great to hear. Josh, what did you think? Uh, I agree with uh, pretty much everything that Beatrice said. Um, I, I also have a bit of uh, aversion to romantic comedies. I think they're fine, but generally they're just not a genre that excites me very much. But I went into this movie hoping that it was going to be good, really wanting to support it, and walked out very delighted by it. I think that it definitely has some trappings of romantic comedies that you've seen in the past, and I also agree that there's some subplots that feel underwritten and could have used a little bit more attention, I felt. But overall, it's still a very charming movie. The performances are great. It's a great-looking movie, certainly. And more importantly, it gives a perspective on a culture that most of us just don't really have, especially in the mainstream. And I think it delivered that really beautifully. Yeah, no, I have to echo everything that you guys are saying, especially when it comes to my relationship with romantic comedies as well. I tend to gravitate more towards the independent romantic comedy type films or romantic comedies that have a little bit of a twist on them, whether they're dealing with genre, they mix in some sci-fi elements or like whatever the case might be. You know, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, one of the greatest movies ever, you know. Crazy Rich Asians, though, is the formulaic, typical rom-com that has just enough distinction that it actually is elevated above the typical rom-com. And, of course, I'm referring to stuff like, let's not forget, the Matthew McConaughey time where he was starring in so many different romantic comedies and how wonderful that was for all of us. And listen, I understand there are people that like those kinds of films. It is what it is. But... Seeing a film like Love, Simon come out earlier this year and to have um, that be an openly uh, gay film backed by the Hollywood studio system and to now have Crazy Rich Asians, like, I believe these two films in many ways um, are giving a lot of people inspiration, giving them hope. And that's how I felt walking out of the theater. I felt so whole walking out, thinking about the possibilities of the future that this film has the chance to kick a door open for Asian representation within cinema and also to give us different possibilities in the form of storytelling. Because I do feel that, there, there you know, as, as we all know, like we all watch a lot of movies around here and storytelling kind of can get a little, little stale when they're being told by the same people with the same people. And so to have something uh, that felt that was as refreshing as this, um, it's a great thing for the industry as a whole. And it got me really, really excited. I too think it's funny at times. I, I thought it was going to be funnier um, at some points, like but the laughs didn't come as frequently as I anticipated, but we'll get into some of the people who definitely sell that uh, a lot in this film. I do think it's very romantic Nick and Rachel are easily like one of my favorite on-screen couples of the year and have just unbelievable chemistry together where I'm just rooting for them the entire movie. The supporting cast of characters are fantastic. I, I wanted to spend more time with them. I agree with you, Josh, that I definitely feel that some of them were a little 
underwritten and uh, I think like the one storyline that gets a lot of focus in this film from a supporting standpoint but feels a tad bit underwritten even though like I see the intention they were trying to go with is the relationship between Astrid and her husband Michael who she discovers is having an affair in this movie and like I get it the whole idea is Rachel is coming into this world this family empire and there was a lot of complexities involved because of the, the family obligation of what Nick is supposed to do in taking over the family business and how he's kind of been groomed his whole life to get to this point by his mother and um, off-screen father. We'll, 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 we'll get to that later on. But with Astrid and Michael, they're already married. They're in the family business. And it's supposed to, like I guess, represent how difficult balancing those two can be uh the relationship and the family business and like the expectations that that weighs on um each individual so like i kind of get what they were going for with it i I just felt at times it like the balance between those two storylines felt a little off to me yeah uh it it, there's a lot of interesting things going on in that storyline but it does feel like that could have been its own separate movie honestly and having to balance it with the storyline with the protagonists in the film just really feels like it's doing a disservice for all these more interesting things that could be explored in that storyline that just feels like there's not enough time for the movie to really give the proper amount of attention that it really deserves. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the the Astrid storyline could have been a really interesting foil to the the Rachel Nick narrative had it not fizzled out so quickly. And Gemma Chan's Astrid is also, I think, one of the most compelling characters in the movie. She's so beautiful and sophisticated, intelligent. Um, I really wanted to see more of her. And can we also just use that as a springboard to talk about how well written the women in this film are and how they all take center stage? So Rachel Chu, Gemma Chan, and Michelle Yeoh are just... Like, they, they are the, the trifecta in this movie that this movie revolves around so much. And the men in this movie just play second fiddle to them. Yeah. Like I said before, it's like Nick's father, who's the owner of this family business of this empire that looms so large over the narrative of this movie, we never even meet him in this film. <laughs> Instead, it's his grandmother in this movie, played by... Um, the night uh, she's oh my gosh she's ninety one years old what oh my lord what is her name in this movie it, it's Lisa Liu in this film ninety one years old and she is uh, like the dominating figure in this movie who actually holds sway even over Michelle Yeoh's character in this film and by turn um, Nick Young um, uh, her son and um, the the grandmother's grandson it, it, it's very interesting how the women in this movie are the ones who hold all of the power. And that also extends over to Rachel Chu, who takes a hold of her own destiny in this movie. I, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. One of the things I appreciate about this movie so much is I appreciate how there is a decision that Nick Young needs to make between Rachel or between inheriting the family business. And the film kind of sets that up. And in my mind, as I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, okay, this is a formulaic romantic comedy, and this movie's going to hit all of these notes that I'm already anticipating it's going to hit. They never make it apparent at all, ever, that Nick will ever choose anything other than Rachel. The film 
never strays from the fact that Nick loves and adores Rachel. And that's what makes the relationship so wholesome to so many people in this film. So as I'm watching it, I'm like, there's really no suspense here. I'm not really getting the dilemma that Nick is facing so much with this. And there are some scenes that help support it a little bit, like when he's talking to... um, his his best friend about like what do, like what do I do and you know he like presents to him the the dilemma to him. We never kind of go to Nick's point of view. We never even have like the come to Jesus you know scene with between him and his mother over his relationship with Rachel. Like that all happens off screen, and yes, it does end in a you know stereotypical rom com uh, scene at the end at the airport. But that's all kind of washed away from me as a negative in terms of checking off those formulaic boxes, because the film empowers Rachel with the dilemma and the the harder decision that needs to be made other than Nick choosing between her and the family business. Rachel has to make an even greater selfless uh, decision that gave me so much hope and inspiration walking out of this movie that we too as human beings can hopefully make the right decisions out of a place of love and selflessness for another human being that just works for all parties. And like, it it was something that just like with that little stroke of writing, the film just made her such a strong empowered character. And it was different enough from like what I was expecting from this sort of genre that it elevated the whole film for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree, Matt. There, there were, of course, some cheesy rom-com tropes, but I didn't mind these so much here. Um, at its core, I felt like the film had a really empowering and feminist message with ultimately women being at the source of enter- any major decision-making that goes on in the film. I mean, you have Rachel, who's the one that decides to step back from Nick, and you have Nick's mother, who who determines you know, her approval is necessary in this case. And then you have Astrid also deciding to walk away from her cheating husband. And this is all kind of also established uh, a little early on in the film with the first opening scene actually in London, right? I believe it was. It's in London. You know, I found it very interesting how right away the film makes, you know, the film establishes itself right away that Michelle Yeoh's character is the one who holds all this power, Right. And this opening scene is like the only scene in the whole film that I can recall is probably the most overtly racist in the whole movie. And yet she's able to kind of shoot this guy down that's being totally disrespectful towards her and very abundantly, clearly racist. And it just establishes who this character is, what this family is, and how much power they have. And in a way, I thought it was like symbolic of the way that Asian uh, actors have been treated on screen as far as uh, stereotypes all throughout like Hollywood history. And there was almost like a statement that this film is making uh, right in its opening scene. Like, here I am. Here's crazy rich Asians. And we are here to kick a door down and tell you, Hollywood, that you have misrepresented us for years. And here is a modernized look at who we really are. Oh, yeah. And what's also really interesting about that opening scene is it's also the only time that we ever get any interaction with a white person. It's really the only, the only time we see white characters in the whole movie. And I find that so interesting because it is really like the movie saying, this is what we've been dealing with in the past. Let's get past it. Now we're here to tell our own story. And the fact that 
you don't really have any moments later in the film of overt racism like that. And instead it becomes a story that's about class and culture. I just think is so much better for the movie because now it's telling a story that is very specific to this perspective and it's so needed and so necessary and so refreshing. Yeah. And to have that opening scene and that opening statement delivered by an icon of cinema, Michelle Yeoh is so powerful. Can we can we take a moment to just talk about Michelle Yeoh in this movie and how fantastic she is? Oh yeah, she's oh, amazing. the best performance in the movie. I, I wanted more. And that's like my my one thing about the cast in this movie altogether is I just wanted more. I wanted more of these characters. I wanted more out of the situations that were presented to us. Like this film is two hours long. It could have been three hours long for all I cared. I was having so much fun and I was so sucked into the dynamics of how all of these people view each other in terms of their uh, class and wealth. And like, it was funny. It was light enough that like it, it didn't weigh on me at all where like this film could have just like, I feel like it just could have been like a binge watch of a television show or a miniseries of me spending time with all these characters. And it could have been eight hours long and I would have still been so, so satisfied by it. Yeah. All these characters are, are so they're, they're so very rich and interesting and, you know, it's an interesting problem to have, too, when you have too many characters that are, you know, that you want to get invested in. And to confine that within a two-hour movie is is an interesting problem. But ultimately, yeah, it, it, all these characters are so fun, especially Aquafina. Like, oh, my God, she just steals the movie whenever she's on screen. So, so oh, funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's going to be a fan favorite. Oh, my Lord. Every single time she is on screen, she just she got the biggest laughs from the movie by far. Yeah. I mean, this is like Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids or Tiffany Haddish and Girls Trip. Like this is the to me, like it is on the level of standout breakthrough role in a, in a mainstream comedy. It's just so good. And speaking of breakout too, Constance Wu from Fresh Off the Boat, many people will know her from. She carries this movie so so well and i'm just overly overjoyed yeah to have her break out with this film and i i'm just so so excited to hopefully see more of her in not just playing hopefully not just playing uh this stereotypical asian character in another film like she establishes so so clearly with this that she's a great actress and she can do anything uh, she has moments of comedy. She has moments of drama. Like, give, give just give her just give her all the roles, please, for the love of God. <laughs> she is just so endearing in this movie. I I fell I fell absolutely in love with her as I did a lot of the other supporting characters in this film. And I, I agree with you, Josh. It is one of the drawbacks to the film. One of the criticisms I have is that this film has so many supporting characters. Just so so many that the film can't possibly touch upon them all. But hopefully, as the uh, mid credit sequence at the end of the film kind of implies, I hope, as, you know, another character uh, is kind of uh, introduced to uh, Astrid, hopefully there are other sequels and we'll get to spend some more time with these characters that, after just one film, we already love. Yeah. And there's definitely going to be, I feel, at least two more movies that are in the same franchise. I mean, there are two more books, so they have the material. The film's got to make money. So, I mean, I was going to save this for the end uh, for final thoughts, but I'll just say right now, 
Go see this movie. Yes, definitely. Go and support it. Do not movie pass it. Do not AMC stub it. Like, well, I guess with AMC stubs, there are no restrictions, but pay a ticket. <laughs> Go see this movie. I mean, with movie pass, <laughs> you might not be able to use it anyway, so. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. So just go, like, however you can. Like, because this movie is a film that I feel will appeal to everyone. Like, I feel weird in saying that because I know that sometimes not always true. But like I said, we, 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 like the three of us all share that reaction, that biasness towards the typical Hollywood studio romantic comedy film. But can we all agree that this film, yes, it checks off all the formula, formulaic boxes that we're all very, very aware of. Like I said, there's even a scene at the end involving, you know, chasing the girl at the airport, but whatever. This film just hits all of the right notes, and it does it with confidence, and it does it with style, and there are enough distinctive things about this screenplay that subvert your expectations and makes it feel refreshing and new, and it gets you excited about so many different things. The actors in this film, the possibilities for storytelling, like... I, I cannot imagine somebody walking out of this movie and being like, oh, I hated it. That was miserable. What? Like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. But yeah. Yeah. I thought the writing was really good. It, it laid the cheese right where it was needed for me. Uh, the comedy and the script was fresh and it played off of the identity crisis that I'm sure a lot of immigrants or first gener- generation Americans go through. I mean, I definitely felt that being first generation American myself. So I think that element of just newness, new perspective is something that everyone um, should at least should should enjoy. Definitely. And I think another thing to also keep in mind is while there are definitely familiar trappings of this movie, it still hasn't been in this context. You know, we haven't seen it with an all-Asian cast in a mainstream movie before. And I think that's still something to take into account as well. You know, that we're getting a formulaic movie in some aspects, but we're getting it in, you know, a presentation that we haven't seen before. And I'd also argue the movie still does enough to make it interesting from a certain perspective that we're not used to seeing as well that helps to keep it fresh and uh, and innovative at the same time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, there are some scenes in this movie for sure that I checked off all of the right um, boxes for me from a storytelling uh, point of view that, I mean, for the love of God, I think I teared up at least twice during this movie, mostly because of how invested I was in the Rachel-Nick relationship and the strains that that relationship goes through in this movie because I want them to be together so, so badly. So my heart broke. Um, I can recall two occasions in this movie where my heart broke for them. And one of them, uh, in a more wholesome way, not necessarily my heart breaking so much, but a scene where I got really emotional was actually the wedding scene itself. And how that scene plays out to one of my favorite songs of all time, Can't Help Falling in Love by uh, Elvis Presley. And it's played in such a beautiful, almost magical sort of way where there's no other sounds. It's just slow motion. It's great, great editing. There are these glances between the characters that without any dialogue is saying so much about the characters and how they feel towards each other and the storytelling just in that scene is so good it's easily one of my top favorite scenes of the year so far and oh god like i'm i'm getting oh i've got all the rushes and all the feels right now are just like coursing through my body (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it's such a beautiful scene that it's so so well done and what's also wonderful about it is that it feels very authentic to that culture and you don't necessarily need to 
understand it completely to get the emotion, but you can also see how it is very much tailored to that specific perspective, and which makes it, to me, actually even more beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, other things about this film, too. I'm just going to, like, round, you know, list off a couple of different things here. Like, I, I get it. Like, they're rich, right? So there's a bit of excess with the movie, and you kind of need that, I feel, for this to be justified as a Hollywood studio mainstream romantic comedy it needs all that glam that glitz all that style and panache so we need to have the extravagant sets we need to have the big fireworks display like it has to have all this if it doesn't have all this then it's just another independent quirky romantic comedy drama whatever and you know i can forgive it for that in this movie because it's part of the storyline they're rich so that all kind of makes sense. The only the only part in the movie where I thought like, okay, this is like a little too excessive was there's like a bachelor party that takes place like on a cargo ship in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> they have to like take helicopters out to it. And I, I just, that was like the only part of the movie where my suspension of disbelief kind of got away from me. And I was like, who does this? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, certainly. But, you know, at the same time, while it is a, a little excessive and certainly we've seen dumb bachelor parties in other movies it is also sort of nice to see that you know it's, this time it's not just a bunch of you know same looking white dudes in it that it that this is a new context that we're getting this type of scene and even that can have some value in it as well well yeah I, I, the movie is very modernized in, in so many different ways i think a lot of times a lot of people make this mistake about foreign culture that they are very much even today stuck a lot in the past due to their, due to their traditional uh, tradition and values, and that there's a little bit of that here, obviously, in how Michelle Yeoh's character views the family responsibility and the loyalty and honor that comes along with that, and the sacrifices that she had to make in order to give her children the life that they have. But this is not. This is this is a this is a very very modern take um, that I, I I hope will open up a lot of eyes for people that have never been to Singapore before and like still have like this weird perception of what uh, like what the other countries on the other side of the world are like in many ways and it's like no this. <laughs> This, this looks like any other modern city in the world that is extremely wealthy, might I add. So, like, hopefully, like, I, I just really hope this film opens up a lot of eyes for a lot of people out there. Definitely agree. Yeah, it, it is it's certainly a movie that has the potential to expose people to a world and a culture that they may not have had that much experience with in the past. And to do it on such a broad scale like this, I think, is just good news for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a shame. I, I've been reading some stuff about how, you know, this this film doesn't capture the range of the Asian experience. But you know, no one film should be burdened with those crazy expectations. I think. And if you want that, like, I don't know, watch what is that movie that premiered at Cannes this year? Shoplifters. Oh, the Corita. Yeah, like I don't know, like that. Yeah, watch Asian films. <laughs> yeah, to your to your point, like there are there are other films out there that will that will show that this is meant to be a broad movie to appeal to a broad audience, and like it's okay if it's not giving you that full experience. But I do think that enough of it is touched upon in a relatable way for um, Americans in general. To your point earlier, Beatrice, um, Rachel Chu in this movie is 
an Asian American. So Michelle Yeoh's character views her as different and that she's Americanized and she's not at the same level, I guess, as uh, her family. And she's not uh, she's very disapproving of her as a result of that. So. You know, we've seen a disapproving mother in many of her romantic comedies before and these like relationship, you know, type films, uh, you know, but there's there is a bit of that. There's a bit of that cultural aspect to it that helps it to uh, d- make it distinct. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is just the beginning of, of more Hollywood movies with diverse casts. And it's going to take more than one or even 20 films to capture diversity in a holistic sense. So, yeah. OK, uh, with that said. Uh, let's get over to final thoughts. Anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about really quick? Great out of 10 and Oscar potential. Josh Parham, let's start off with you. Um, I really enjoyed the film. Uh, I don't want to oversell it because I do think at the end of the day, it is still a you know major studio release romantic comedy. And it has most of the things that you'd expect to find in those movies. I think especially considering that some of the subplots were underwritten, I, I did kind of find that to be a big detriment to the overall experience of the film. But at the same time, I did appreciate the the charm that this movie had. I thought everybody in the film was really uh, well cast. Uh, Constance Wu is great. Henry Golding is, you know, fantastic. Michelle Yeoh is amazing. Aquafina is very funny. Like the, everybody in the movie is really, really good. And the film itself is such a delight that you know, it, it is light entertainment, but it is still very, very good. Um, overall, my grade would be a, a 7 out of 10, like a very solid, enjoyable film. In terms of Oscar potential, I I kind of feel like Michelle Yeoh probably is going to be the main focus, and she certainly deserves it. She's a contender. I don't know how far that's going to get, but definitely I think that she deserves to be in the conversation because she's great in the film and she certainly deserves the recognition. Okay. Beatrice? Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you, Josh. I thought that it's commercial, generic rom-com trappings kind of limited it from rising to that next level threshold of of something like Silver Linings Playbook or her where it's also a mixture of other genres that you know makes it more than just a traditional rom-com um but that being said i thoroughly enjoyed it thought it was super important a super important movie uh, for diversity in hollywood had a great script outstanding cast and um i loved seeing a diverse cast on screen it was felt really important for me being uh, someone that comes from an immigrant family um as for oscar potential Michelle Yeoh, she's in my top 10 as of now. I'm not sure if it'll happen, but she she was amazing. I mean, even in the scenes when she's not speaking, her facial expressions and small movements communicate everything she's feeling. And I think she did an outstanding job. And, you know, she deserves recognition, I think. she's That, that, Mahjong, scene, uh, that Mahjong scene is so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It felt like they were going to fight or something. It was so tense and the setting was was really beautiful. And even if you like you've never played that game before and you have no idea how it even works, the script does such a great job of just pitting these two women in a battle of wits with one another and both of them are making their points and it's like who's going to break first and to work that into uh Rachel Chu and how she is an economics professor and she's able to like show off her skill set in this movie and show that she is capable and strong. I like 
oh, this movie just like writes its characters so well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's just it's un- oh, man. Like I, I can't. I'm gushing. I'm gushing at this point. So. <laughs> Oscar potential. Maybe uh, best supporting actress for Michelle Yeoh. I really enjoyed the costumes. I thought the costume design was spectacular. I think somebody on Next Best Picture talked about how these were uh, the best costumes, contemporary costumes since The Devil Wears Prada, which I agree with. That scene where she's trying on all the different outfits for um, Nico Santos's uh, uh, character's film Oliver, the like the flamboyant cousin who is like into fashion it just was like that, that's the that's the highlight reel right there yeah. if you don't believe that this, this can be a costume uh contender right um so yeah i think it should be considered for costumes and my final score is eight out of ten okay well i'm actually going to add on to the oscar potential because i do agree about michelle yeah and i do agree about the costumes and i'll say that i honestly think this has a shot at adapted screenplay and I think back to when My Big Fat Greek Wedding, another film that shares some similarities to this in, uh, in you know, a few ways, got an original screenplay nomination the year that it came out. I do believe that this film is a big hit, makes a lot of money, is very, very popular with audiences, even though that word for the Oscars has kind of a detriment to it lately. I really do think that this film could, could contend in adapted screenplay, potentially, even though that field is very crammed at the moment. You know, just like Michelle Yeoh, in many ways, um, the stars kind of need to align, contenders need to drop off in order to make it happen. But I have it in my top 10 contenders at the moment. I think the screenplay does a lot of things refreshingly um, very, very well. And I think it's distinct enough that it could stand out in in, in an Oscar year for sure. So I'll definitely say that. And great out of 10, I give it an 8 out of 10. It's one of my favorite films of the year. I loved it. And I really, really hope that everybody seeks it out and goes to the theater to see it. It's a perfect date movie. Like a perfect date movie. Okay. Any other final thoughts before we go? Go see this movie. Yes. All right. Beatrice, where can they find you on the internet? On Twitter at BeansproutBia. Josh? On Twitter at JR Parham. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much for listening to our review of Crazy Rich Asians here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and also on CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the show. And also, too, if you're feeling very generous, head on over to our Patreon page where for $1 minimum a month, you can get some exclusive podcast content. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. 
Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.